Over the years, there's been a growing buzz about the healthcare industry adopting strategies and tactics to becoming more consumer first. The topic of consumerism is not new to healthcare. We've been talking about this for more than a decade. The trends in the marketplace are clear. Consumers are actively demanding better access and more information so they can make better decisions about their care. And no doubt, health systems that respond to this growing rise of consumerism will be better positioned to thrive in an ever-changing marketplace. While health systems have embraced the use of digital to support this rise of consumerism, you may wonder, is healthcare marketing truly poised to fully understand our customers' needs? And have we built the right systems in place to support these efforts? The coronavirus pandemic has also forced a number of significant behavioral changes that are shifting the expectations of the new healthcare consumer, forcing them to become digital patients, navigating through various digital touch points, websites, telemedicine, social media, to find the best way for them to seek out care. Welcome to the new normal, conversations about the future of healthcare from Touchpoint Media. Through interviews with leading industry experts, this program explores how the current public health crisis is forcing our industry to transform and change. In this episode, I speak with Carrie Lichen, head of healthcare at Yext. Carrie is passionate about the intersection of healthcare and technology, with over 15 years of advanced education and experience in the industry. In her past, she helped found the healthcare team at Google. Carrie has a deep knowledge and expertise of the health space and how online behaviors impact health and healthcare companies. In today's episode, we discuss how healthcare marketing must shift to understand our customers better and how marketing technology must evolve to support our industry in a post-COVID-19 world. So many people, Carrie, are already talking about what they're going to be doing in terms of going back to normal from a healthcare marketing perspective as this pandemic kind of winds down. A lot of conversations around like patient acquisition and what do we do? How do we how do we kind of fill the funnel back up? That sort of thing. And you have a perspective on this. I do. I have lots of perspectives, but I do think that there is definitely going to be a new normal when it comes to patient acquisition, but then also I was talking to a number of health systems where they were asking me questions around how are we going to make that opportunity to convey to patients and prospective patients, whether we're even accepting them or not yet, as we're going through this whole rolling acquisition. But how do we make sure that they understand that we're actually COVID clean or at least COVID safe? How do we distribute that information? And then how do we also capture the questions that patients are asking about what they want to know about whether they can even come back to see a doctor or come back to the system itself, like come back to the physical facility. It's a very scary time for people. And so I think being able to shift over to saying, hey, it's safe, that's going to have to be the first step in how health systems are able to then start to bring people back and then start to drive that acquisition strategy moving forward in the next couple of months. Yeah. So when you talk about that, like expressing that you're COVID clean or COVID safe or what have you, I've I've been thinking about that a lot. Here in Minnesota, One Health System actually converted one hospital entirely to be treating COVID patients, basically removing them from the patient population. But I think that's not the same across the rest of the country, particularly in hard hit areas like where you're at in New York and California and others. They're treating these patients right there in the same facilities that they expect patients to come 
later in the patient acquisition world, how would they start to express themselves that they're COVID clean? It is an interesting concept to think about. It is true. So Boston, for example, uh, we don't have any one hospital here in Boston that is just COVID specific. And I sit in on my husband's grand rounds every Tuesday morning, and I've done it now for the last five weeks. And I've learned about what's going on at MGH versus what's going on at Boston Children's versus what's going on at Boston Medical Center and Tufts and Beth Israel Leahy and all of these hospitals. And every single one of them has a portion of the system that is dedicated to COVID patients or even respiratory clinics. And then the other piece of the system is not. And a lot of them talk about the census and we're at 20% census or we're at 30% census thinking that there's going to be this surge. So the surge happened uh, last weekend in Boston. And then for the ICU, it's happening this upcoming weekend in Boston. Yet there will come a time then when we'll come to that, that peak and then we'll start to move to the other side of the curve. Hopefully we will have flattened it. But then what will the, all of these systems, at least in Boston, but then in other places in the U.S. too, what will they need to do? I think it's been helpful that the White House has at least come up with three phases in their approach to, quote, opening America. And, you know, of those phases, much of that relies on healthcare. We need to be able to see the 14-day period downward trajectory of flu-like illnesses, as well as COVID-like cases reported. We need to make sure that there's a downward trajectory of the actual cases themselves and the positive tests themselves. And then the hospitals need to move from being in crisis mode and crisis operations, which at least here in Boston, every single one is, to also being able to make testing available to everyone. Because then there's this whole guidelines that the CMS has come up with to be able to then focus on what do we need to do to at least get some patients back in. So that's actually physically getting patients back in, but then marketers have to think about, well, how do I actually accommodate for this? So let's say I've gone through the gating criteria that were part of phase one that the White House has put together, then what do I need to do next to make sure that I can actually get the, hey, I'm clean, we're good, our workers are good, our staff are good, you can come in through the front doors now, how do I actually share that with the public? A lot of that has to do with two things. One, we need to make sure that their dissemination of this information is done in a very digital first way. And then the other piece of it is take the data. And I always talk about this, Chris, you know, I talk about this all the time, but take the data that you're able to collect about what people actually want to know and move that into a place where you're actually then able to answer questions that patients are asking. We did a full analysis at Yex from January 29th all the way through April 1st, just to take a look at what has been changing with people asking questions specific to coronavirus. And it's interesting, in the first couple of weeks, people were asking questions around, should I worry? Um, what are the symptoms? Where is it? Like coronavirus in Chicago, coronavirus Boston. And then the next two and a half to three weeks, we were starting to see questions around testing. What should I do? Where can I go? Can I see my doctor? And then following that, we were starting to see questions around, can I visit? What's your visitation policy? Can I donate masks? Where is the coronavirus? Do you have any in your system specifically? Now, as we start to think about how do you start to convey that you are safe? 
How do you get that out there? You need to start looking at now, what's that shift been in what people are asking? And we've already seen some of the questions like, can I bring somebody with me to my appointment? Is my doctor accepting appointments? What is your visitation policy? Can I even go to the doctor? Is it safe to go to your facility? How do I wait for my appointment? A lot of people are still waiting in their cars before they can go in because there's now the distancing policies within waiting rooms. So how do you get that out there? It's collecting the data and understanding um, how do you answer that. And it has to be so digital first because we've all been forced to be digital. Even in many cases, right, digital is can sometimes be the first touch point, particular, you know, care modalities. I'm a type one diabetic and I've been communicating with my doctor through the patient portal. And she even suggested that the very next conversation we have, we could do it through a telehealth situation. You're going to have to evolve what the new care pathway looks like for every type of service type of offering that you do. I agree. And I was talking to some people last week about this and some people were saying, we can't move fully into telehealth, for example. We can't do that because that's not the way that we see patients anymore. And I think that it's now going to, we're going to morph into this continuum of healthcare. So maybe some people will initiate a conversation with a provider via telehealth or via virtual care. Some people will need to go into have a procedure performed or some sort of services performed. Then there will be remote monitoring that will need to take place that then can transmit information that will allow for a provider then to be able to see progress. And then there will be this post-care follow-up that maybe technology will be able to take advantage of. And you won't necessarily have to disrupt your day or disrupt your plans anymore to be able to then, oh, shoot, I have to go to the doctor every month. Now you can just do your check-ins virtually. So it's going to be a really big change as a result of this. So marketers will have to get the word out. People will be indicating what it is the information that they need, but then they'll also be using technology in so many new and different ways to access the care that they need. This isn't just simply now that the pandemic has passed and we're over the curve, we just turn on all of our pay-per-click ads and we're good, right? And everything comes back to normal. There is sort of this latency of people that are looking for care. You talk about technology being sort of the primary touch point because we forced everybody there. Outside of telemedicine, telehealth, which we all now have, what are other ways that we could start to like kind of adopt technology digital first as being a way to begin to draw those people back in? Technology and marketing versus technology and patient use. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. if we think about the patient, the patient has always been accessing information via digital means if they wanted to search for something. We have all of the data. I've been quoting this data for years. You know, 77% of people go online to research information. That's from 2012, blah, 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 all the data. So people are now, they're very much tech first. And I think even more so now. But we haven't necessarily seen this on the marketing side when we're trying to transmit information or convey information and do more than just branding. And so I think a lot of marketers will have to take that shift and say, we've been doing a lot of traditional marketing. And yet I was just reading a, an e-marketer study yesterday about how out of home advertising and investment is totally going to change as a result of this because nobody's out of home right now. Nobody's seeing billboards and nobody's seeing bus wraparounds. And so the investment levels are going to change, but also that's a significant shift that organizations are going to make as far as the marketing and branding. I think there's going to be a, a very intent first approach that organizations will need to take, understanding and reflecting on what people want and what people need, but then also 
the technology itself will need to be utilized to be able to deliver that. So how will you use your website? How will you use other channels like third-party sites? How will you use your CRM if you have one? How will you use the CMS that feeds your website or that builds your website? How will you use marketing technology across the board to be able to build a composite of information that hopefully will be able to connect the dots for somebody to be able to distribute information externally where people are searching for it? And then on top of that, all of that technology will need to also internally, so the CMO or the marketing teams will need to be able to manage this, but where are they going to get a lot of the different data points within that? So will they need to get it from a facilities platform? Will they need to get it from the medical staff office or credentialing? Will they need to get it from an EMR? Because now we need to know, for example, does the doctor see patients on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 5 and now virtually sees patients on Wednesdays from 8 to 2? How do we know that information? Do we get that from the EMR? Do we get it from somewhere else? All of that information needs to be connected to marketing and then be able to be disseminated to places where people are looking for it. And I think that's the important point that we haven't really seen up until now. There needs to be this full connectivity. Data needs to flow from one platform to another internally and then externally. But then also marketing needs to serve as the hub of that information so that they can do something with it because they're responsible for that external view and that external accessibility of healthcare for that patient. I kind of colloquially express it as like big M marketing is all about understanding your customer, their needs, their wants, and connecting them through to your services. Whereas opposed to what we've been doing in health systems for many years is the little M marketing, which is mostly focused on promotion and acquisition type of efforts. What you're outlining here though, Carrie, is something that is much greater. I think that we all, you and I and others have talked about you know, this bigger purpose of marketing and how we need to create this infrastructure where the marketing tech stack is completely integrated with all the other backend systems, because that's what you're describing here. We've been talking about it for years, but there's been a lot of inhibitors to getting there. Do you think it's going to be an easy transition for us to kind of migrate to, to the new normal? I hope so, but I'm not confident <laughs> in that. So I think there are two different elements of it. I think one is that uh, organizations tend to go for the bright, shiny object and invest in something without fully vetting it. So I think in order for technologies to actually connect, you have to verify and validate that they have open APIs. But not every software platform has open APIs and is open to sharing data. So I think that's a huge piece of it that organizations will need to make sure that now that they've realized the value of this and the need for this, when they go to, let's say, negotiate with organizations who can provide something, they need to ask those questions. Do you have open APIs? Can you make sure the data can pass from one to another? Up until this point, that's not always been the case. I think the other piece of it too is there are so many different organizations who are at so many different levels of it. I can name a couple of health systems in the country who are so far beyond and so sophisticated when it comes to the technology and how to access data. And then I can name hundreds of organizations who don't even know where to access their data, let alone access their technology. 
this might help bring attention to the fact that we need this, but I think it'll still be slow going, especially for those organizations who are so far behind. One thing that was overlooked because it happened just prior to the pandemic outbreak, uh, there was this big movement around data interoperability. Traditionally, we haven't had sort of this openness. We even we didn't even have a standardization around how data should be interoperable. Talk a little bit about what happened. I think it was in January, right? When we passed data interoperability? Sometime earlier this year, these new rules came out about data interoperability. And there were two components to it. And I may misquote this, but the first was the sharing of the data from EMRs and you know patients being able to actually get their data, but then also the providers being able to to share data as well. And the other piece of it was to allow third parties, let's say like Apple Health or Apple Watch or Fitbit, to be able to actually access that data for patients to be able to say, go ahead, you can access my data and acknowledge that it may not be 100% HIPAA compliant. But that means that there's full control or at least full accessibility by the patient, as well as by providers, as well as by institutions who might have separate EMRs that don't talk to each other. We now have the ability to be able to to have data move back and forth and have that patient data move back and forth. I always talk about this with my husband, where I would say it's probably pretty frustrating for him if he's treating patients and he's at MGH, which is epic, and he needs to see a patient who is coming from Tufts. Tufts doesn't use Epic, so he doesn't have any access to that patient information, and it's as though he's starting from scratch, again, with a patient. Can you imagine the waste that is happening? He can't access the information to be able to see what the histories are, to then be able to say, okay, here's what your history is. Here's why you're here. We don't need to go over all of this information all over again. Let's start from where you ended, and let's move forward. It just seems like it would make a lot of sense. I'm surprised that it's taken as long to actually get to this point. But understanding data flow from a patient and a system perspective can also help inform how we need to make sure that in marketing, data also needs to flow. It's a common theme I'm hoping that is going to continue to be more and more important as we go through this pandemic. But then also as we come out of the pandemic, I hope that organizations will understand and realize wow, there's a lot we can do and a lot of benefit we can gain out of having this connectivity. And it's not just connecting the data too. I've talked about this before. What we're talking about is actually data liquidity, where data can not only flow between systems, but that we can actually have the insights and glean those insights to draw great business decisions. I think that a lot of times where marketing is kind of behind the, the eight ball sometimes in the past has been uh, because they have all this great data, but they're having trouble contextualizing it in a way that actually could address operational needs or operational concerns. I definitely would agree with that. I, and I think I brought this up in a webinar last week and I made a recommendation for health systems, specifically for marketing teams to start thinking about hiring a data czar, someone who is the main points person, at least within marketing, but maybe this should be in large scale for uh, health systems too. Maybe sitting within the CIO's group, perhaps, at least in marketing, I would completely agree with you, Chris, about there's so much information, but no one's really looking at it. And so how do you then take anything valuable from it if you're not deriving the insights from it. And that's where I go back to what I was talking about earlier with respect to 
if an organization, let's say, wants to make sure that they're conveying that they're COVID clean or COVID safe, and they want to make sure to convey to the public that they can come back, wouldn't it make a lot of sense to be able to just look at what data you're sitting on now to see what people are asking? To then be able to then come back and say, okay, I can answer all of this for you. So then we can accelerate the ability to get the information out, but then we can also perhaps reduce the phone calls to a call center or to the practice manager or to the department or the clinic. So that's just marketing specific. But then also, how do you think about it for the hospital itself? I think having some sort of data person or data team, and I think I know about maybe one or two systems that I'm familiar with that has something like this, where they're able to take all of this really rich data that's coming from all of these different places and all of these different systems to make some sense out of it, to then be strategic about where to go next. And so now you're describing a technology stack that's completely different than what we've built. We've talked a lot about, you know, we're building a great MarTech stack where CRM is tied to your website, is tied to this. What you're advancing here, and, and I, I love the way you're talking about this, is marketing has to be integrated, connected with operations. Because in some cases, what we're seeing on our websites, or not even our own websites, like on Google and other places, can really help inform the way we're building out future state offerings. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And it makes me sad whenever I think about how marketing doesn't have the same seat at the table often in healthcare. And marketing should be the driver of much of the strategy because they get the perspective of the patient, of the consumer, of the customer. And that can help to inform what's going on to then also with other entities within the system take all of that data, marry the two together to be highly strategic. It does sadden me whenever I see that marketing doesn't always have that seat at the table. When they do have the seat at the table, they're just amplifying something that's a lot greater. We haven't traditionally been seen in that big M marketing sphere. We're just seeing as the people that we can promote well. We could drive people to our, our website and we can SEO and things like that, but we're not really providing insights. I even bring it back to when you talk about patient reviews. Patient reviews are an important piece if they're doing it on Google and, and Facebook. That's an important piece of your overall patient experience strategy. And a lot of organizations, they don't pull that data into their dashboards. These could even be bellwether indicators of how you're going to get reimbursed in the future state. So you see technology being sort of the underpinning of allowing all of this stuff to move forward. So envision what that new marketing tech stack, or let's just say tech stack, I guess. What's that going to look like? What insights can we drive? How, In the ideal world, what does that look like, Carrie? So I'm, I'm not necessarily going to name technologies as much as maybe some features. So I think it, it for sure needs to be cloud-based. The other piece of it is that it has to have open APIs. Of course, we have to make sure that we have HIPAA compliance and things like that as much as possible. But let me just remind you that, and I've said this before, I think, to many people, so some people will recognize this, but HIPAA was passed in 1996. Google started in 1998. If we think about the last 20 years and how, or 20 plus years, and how Google has changed, how technology adoption has changed, how we basically didn't even have smartphones in 1996 or 1998. When we think about how people access information now, it's completely different. And yet HIPAA, 1996, nothing has changed. I'm just laying that out there. So um, the open APIs, I think, are really important, making sure we have the HIPAA compliance that's really important. And then I do believe that there needs to be room for, on the marketing side, understanding the natural language understanding of what people are looking for and how to get that information out. And then for other elements within a system, there needs to be some silo breakdowns. And there also needs to be less 
this is my data. This is my, I own this. I'm the source of truth for this. Because I think in a future state, there will really not be a source of truth for something. It will all just be basically API'd in to wherever it needs to be. So marketing will have a marketing source of truth because they're getting information from other sources that are free flowing and then being able to disseminate. But then maybe facilities will be getting information from an EMR. So they might have a facility source of truth. But then the credentialing source of truth might be different because they're doing a lot of onboarding and they're doing verifications of DEA numbers and insurance, et cetera. There will never be one single source of truth, but there can't be owners of the data necessarily either where they're putting walls around it and saying, this is mine, you can't access it. We need to have a releasing of that and understanding of how that information impacts other elements within the system. And the new role of the marketer is you definitely have to be at the table when you're having conversations about, let's say, master data management or patient flow trending that you're seeing. And you even mentioned earlier on about opening up scheduling for a virtual telehealth sessions versus real in-person appointments, that data in and of itself has been traditionally very hard for marketers to get access to. We almost have to advocate for, well, your customers, your patients are coming to the websites after hours. Do we have any after hours schedules or on Saturdays or things like that? The basic stuff that when we think about, and we've been talking about for years about advancing a consumer first mentality and defining patient first solutions this is really our time to shine. This would not have happened. If this pandemic hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't be talking about this because we probably would be waiting another five to six years. We have a silver lining to this pandemic of all of the bad news that we've been hearing and all of the devastation and things that have even been happening in the economy, let alone you know healthcare. This is going to be what we emerge out of it with a much clearer understanding of what we need, where technology fits in, People will have been forced to utilize technology and digital means to get what they need, to get the care they need, and all of these different elements that I think it's really going to advance the conversation. We, we won't really be going back. I don't anticipate that we will go back. The other thing I think about after in the post-COVID-19 world for health systems is there's already been a lot of entrants entering into the marketplace that are looking to disrupt the, the consumer experience, like CVS and Walmart. I think the landscape is going to be significantly different too for us because we're going to pivot into a world where consumers are going to have a trust associated with particular types of brands and they may have a higher trust with a Walmart or a CVS because through this pandemic they've been there to kind of support them and been open through all of this whereas a lot of health systems have kind of gone dark. I also think about what is care and what is support pre-pandemic care was come to me or physically get your care for the most part. Now care and support is about all things. And again, technology and digital fits very safely into this. Care could mean maybe I'm going to Walmart to get the things that I need. I can stop in and perhaps see someone. But if I'm not there, then I can get the care digitally or I can ask the questions digitally. People who are providing care are not necessarily, it's not necessarily a face-to-face interaction anymore. And so there will be this expansion of understanding what does care actually mean? What does a healthcare provider actually do? Uh, How do we expand that? Because they're not necessarily just doing a face-to-face anymore. Who will be providing the care? Will it be CVS? 
Will it be Walmart? Will CVS's app allow you to dial in to a televisit via Minute Clinic or via their health hubs? What will that look like if they do that? Will you be able to do it through a subscription-based service like One Medical? Will you be able to do it through a primary care provider that you have as a deep relationship with and now that PCP is able to see you virtually? There are so many different things now that we can think of that pre-pandemic, that was not really the case. And everyone was just watching, oh my goodness, what is CVS doing? What is Walmart going to do? Are they going to take my primary care patients? Will referrals be moved from our primary care groups into our system to CVS and then going to other providers? What will we do about that? Now I think it's going to be an expansion. Thanks for uh, the conversation today, Carrie. Yeah, it was great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much. Healthcare marketing is evolving to become more customer first, but we have seen many challenges that prevent us from fully embracing that transformation. Now, more than before, marketers must become the experts at listening to our customers and their needs and helping our organizations develop new ways to enhance the engagement they have with our organizations. And now that in the post-COVID-19 world, marketing is forever shifting the way customers interact with our health systems, I wonder, Does our industry have the ability to rapidly evolve marketing to address new consumer sentiments? Or will we be forced to leave this much needed transformation to outside disruptors? You've been listening to The New Normal, conversations about the future of healthcare from Touchpoint Media. If you enjoyed today's program, please take a moment to rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you downloaded the show. The music from this program is called I Dunno by Grapes, and it's available as a royalty-free download on ccmixter.org. And to find out more about Touchpoint Media, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.